The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until 7 o'clock. You might have seen this story from the States, right? The Boston Celtics, the basketball team, they suspended their head coach, Ime Udoka. Why? Because of a relationship he had with another member of the Celtics organisation. And this relationship is reported to have been an improper, intimate and consensual relationship. Stephanie Regan is with me. She's a clinical psychotherapist and the author of Relationships on the Edge. Stephanie, there's, there is a, a huge amount of detail yet to emerge on all yes. of this. Uh, but I have already heard people uh, uh, focusing in on that word consensual, suggesting mm. that, listen, if it's consensual, what's the problem? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that's that's always, I think, the, the confusion in these ones that refer to the kind of workplace setting, which is that, of course, consensual is massively important. Um, but when it comes to the workplace, there are other factors that are important, like is there an imbalance of power in that situation? And I suppose in the workplace, it's not just the, the legalities and all of that, but it's you know, it's also the fact that it can put the whole organisation into question if these things go a bit wrong. Mm. So there are added complications when you bring it into the workplace. The, the, the question of an imbalance of power, though, I mean, yes. if, if it is still consensual, are, are you not denying agency to the less powerful there? Yeah, I, I understand what you're, what you're saying. You, you, you know, are we overruling, you know, kind of uh, too yeah, many, if, if too he, many if restrictions he or she, and If he or she is the secretary and he yeah. or she, the other he or she is the CEO, you know, are you saying, well, you, you both went into this eyes wide open, both perfectly mm. uh, happy to consent to this relationship, but we're telling you it's wrong because you're not as powerful as this person. Yeah, but there's there's a kind of a lot of research around it. I think also there's a lot of talk and stories around it since the Me Too movement. And what's 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 become clear is that the person who is the subordinate, if you like, for that formal older kind of version term, but that they don't always feel as free as one might like to think they are to end the relationship so that the sense of power is changed by the fact that they're with somebody who within their workplace is uh, higher up than them has control over their may have direct or indirect control over their life. So, so there's there's some of that involved. There's there's also then all the complications, Karen, of of how it is perceived in work. Like if there's if this person has any possibility of influencing your life, how does that feel for other team members or other people who work with you? Do they feel that you're now in a preferential position? Which, let's be honest, you probably are. And uh, so there's there's issues that and ramifications for the whole team. So it's it's not really it's not about constricting people as much as protecting both individuals, but ultimately the organisation. I mean that's why organisations have these sort of policies. If you're in a relationship, mm. you must let HR know. If you're if you're dating some you know somebody, you must you must let let HR know. Or other ones would be like these non-fraternisation policies, no dating subordinate policies. They would also say things like in um, Facebook that was um, uh, wiki. Uh, they would say that you can only ask somebody out once. Policy. In other words, if you're turned down, you can't you can't. Um, Keep keep texting okay. and sending nice messages, and uh, so because it's awkward for people, 
And then, yeah. you know, the drama in couples at the beginning, the drama, the tension, the rows. I mean, has anyone worked in a team where there are couples? It isn't always easy. So it's incumbent on the couple to, to be really good. But it's also it's part and parcel, I think, of workplace um, kind of, I suppose, responsibility mm. to set some parameters around it. Yeah, It's interesting. So the imbalance of power thing, to come back to that, it, it's, it, it's not that we're being patronising no. Uh, uh, about the, I suppose, how the relationship starts. It's more a kind of a word of warning about how the relationship might end. Yes, how it might end and how it might play out um, in terms of how, how it will feel for other people within the organisation as well. I mean, you know, we've had these very high profile uh, resignations and indeed, you know, dismissals of people like, you know, Steve Easterbrook, the CEO, do you remember that, of... McDonald's yes. there about, I think that's about two years ago, pre-COVID. And then Intel's chief executive, he resigned, Brian Kurzanich, I think, he for a similar kind of reason. It was a consensual relationship, you know, but there was an absolute clear code of conduct policy there that you could not fraternize with with the staff, that members of the director board and all of that could not date and have a sexual relationship with a romantic relationship with staff. And you breach it, you breach it. You know, so I thought that was I, I thought that was an important one. Not not for any sort of moralistic view or anything like that. But rather, how do you signal to staff how things are to be done if you're not doing it yourself? So, I mean, they breached the, the, the policy, if you like, that they had written themselves. So I think in that instance, it has to be that way. You probably think I'm being very tough on them, do you? Oh, I think, I think you're being very, very hard. I think, I think human <laughs> instinct, all of this stuff kind of uh, um, washes away in, yes. in, in the face of, of, uh, of, just of attraction. And the laws yeah, of no, no, and you're right. You see, see, lots of people meet at work. There's nothing wrong with meeting at work, but it's just as long as you're sort of at the, uh, you know, on the one kind of even level, if you know what I mean. But think of it: if it's somebody who's a step up from you, or two steps up from you, who can influence your your work, that has to be managed in the workplace. That's mm. why the HR contact thing comes in. So they're not kind of giving you feedback or drawing you in on team projects that otherwise you might not be called in on so influencing your success rate at work so, because where does that put other people yeah so I'm because I'm conscious again so let's imagine you've got two people at completely different levels in the organisation but you know the laws of attraction do kick in and they, yes. want, they want to get together the, the, the good advice is what to to immediately to, alert HR yes, and be alert very HR because then because my advice would be the opposite Stephanie I'd say keep it on keep it on the sly right until <laughs> you're knocking boots for a good year and then turn around and say listen We've been doing this for a year now and nobody even noticed. So obviously nothing was wrong. Mm-hmm. But people well, always notice, don't they? I would say you're absolutely wrong. Somebody notices. People do know. <laughs> Everyone knows. Absolutely everybody knows. And it does change things for other people who work with you. Now, as you say, if you're in separate teams, for example, well, that's clean, isn't it? That works mm. quite well. Nobody's reporting. You know, nobody's, you're not around each other all day. But you know, you've been in the workplace. People meet. They you know, they get together and then the frostiness starts and you know, we're all part and parcel of the, the mood and things that can go wrong. So, you know, it's not absolutely simple and it's incumbent on, I think, everybody who's, you know, involved in the, the coupledom as well to to take that on board. And I know people do. They, But remember, you know, 20% of people meet their partners at work. So they're lifetime partners. So Mm. it's not that it doesn't happen, but we're just, I suppose here, we're just saying that if there is a 
if there's a policy in there, you can see why the company have those policies. I'm not saying that relationships in work aren't gorgeous and luscious like everything else and very, you know, and a great draw, of course. But it has to be, you want us to be just a little mindful of where it can go wrong and what it's like for other people around you. And if you have any way of influencing each other in the workplace, you have to be careful that you're not really compromising your professionalism there and the company ultimately. I'm in that 20%, Stephanie. I met my wife in work and and we thought we were very, we thought no one knew. Of course, everyone knew. All right. Everyone knew. I bet everybody knew. Everyone knew. And you see, if there was no policy and you were doing nothing, you know, against, it's very normal to meet in work as long as you're not compromising the situation and the workplace for yourself in terms of your professionalism, your feedback, your yeah. performance, or other people. I, you could, yeah, you could, I, I'm, it strikes me as well, you could really sour your own relationship with your colleagues. And I'm particularly, again, to use that phrase, the yeah. subordinate person. So, yeah. you know, it's it's human nature. Again, I talk about the laws of attraction. It's human nature to kind of give out about the boss or the manager every now and then. And yeah. if your colleagues find out that actually, you know, you and the manager have been having it off for the last six months while they've been given out about he now, or how she. Does that feel? I mean, they'd yes. feel really uh, upset Exposed. about it, wouldn't they? Well, I mean, they feel completely exposed yeah. because most likely you are going to say. What have you been going back and whispering on the pillow? Yeah. Pillar talk, come on. So, so who's compromised? So people are compromised by the prox- that kind of close relationship. And, and do you tell them, do you not? You, you see, there are nuances there. But if there is a, a policy that says you must, it makes it cleaner. Okay. So just stick to the one night stands and work. Is that the, that's the advice we're going with? Well, that's another way to look at it. That's not a relationship. <laughs> no, certainly <laughs> that's not. Just, just a, a once-off. Two ships passing in the night. Stephanie, <laughs> a pleasure as always. Thanks a million for chatting to Thanks, us. Thanks, Kieran. Take good care. Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist, author of Relationships on the Edge. Uh, stay with us here on the Harald Shoulder. Lots still to come. We're going to be looking ahead to the weekend sporting action with Willow Callahan from Off the Ball. And after five o'clock, we're going to be speaking to some of those planning to attend these cost of living rallies taking place around the country. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.